favourite pastor to come and share the message with us this morning. Thanks, Mel. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jacob. How is everybody this morning? Are we good? It's good to see all your faces. Welcome to any first-time visitors here this morning. It's good to have you here. Um, so we're in the middle of a series called Legacy at the moment. And uh, Pastor Jacob preached an amazing, powerful message last uh, week. If you missed that, I really encourage you to jump online and have a listen. But, you know, when we talk about legacy in the kingdom of God, we're not just talking about money. We're not just talking about money, you know, about leaving an inheritance of money. You know, though that's good, if you can leave an inheritance of money to your kids or to your grandkids, that's awesome. It gives them a step up if they spend it correctly. You know, sometimes we hear about inheritances being left and, and the kids just blow it, so that's not cool. So if it's spent correctly. But, you know, money comes and goes, doesn't it? Money comes and goes, and generally it's the least valuable uh, when we're talking about legacy in the kingdom of God. You know, when my grandparents passed away, they left me a small amount of money, and, uh, and I was really grateful for that and thankful for that. But, you know, that money's come and gone. I don't even remember what I spent it on. I think I got a laptop, like a really good one, and, uh, and maybe paid up off some debt, which was awesome. It gave me a step up, a step forward, which was fantastic. Uh, but what was more important was that my grandmother prayed for me every single day. She prayed for me every single day and because of her prayers, I got saved and set free in Jesus' name. My eternity was changed. I stepped into the kingdom of God because of my grandmother's prayers. That's eternal value. That's legacy, isn't it? I mean, that, she, she modelled a prayer life that stuck with me. I can still, I can close my eyes and see her right now in her little lounge room with her little TV by her little window praying every day for her family. And I didn't realise at the time, but after I got saved, I thought somebody must have been praying for me. And I thought, who was it? So I asked her. I said, Nonna. She's Italian. She cooks pasta. Uh, and I miss her. It was amazing. And uh, were you praying for me? She said, yes, every single day. Every single day. And I pray for the family every single day. That's legacy. That's passing things on for eternity. And, and, and we might look back through our generations and, and, and think, you know, well, what have I got to pass on? You know, we think about, well, what have I got to pass on? You think about that. You think, you know, you might have, uh, we might have generations of alcoholism. We might have generations of depression, of fear, abuse, divorce, of broken families, of poverty. And you think, well, how does this work? What have I got to pass on? We may disqualify ourselves. You know, we may think, uh, you know, we may look back through the family line and, and think, you know, maybe I've made too many mistakes. What legacy can I pass on? We may be ashamed of our past even and think, what legacy can I pass on? But I want to tell you this morning, <laughs> if you're living and breathing today, if you are living and breathing today, that you have a legacy to pass on in Jesus' name. You know, we're all called by God to live a legacy. Every single one of us, we're called by God to leave a legacy and his call is irrevocable. His call is irrevocable. We are all called by God to leave a legacy. If we're living and breathing despite our past, despite what runs through the family line, we can leave a legacy to the next generation. Amen? Amen. So throughout Scripture, we see where mighty men and women of God have experienced shame and failure. 
We see it. You know, uh, yet it's not determined their legacy. So many times we see that in Scripture. You know, Moses had a shameful moment when he was disobedient to God's instruction. He'd, um, he had all the Israelites and he'd brought them out to the wilderness and they began complaining against him. They were, they were accusing him of bringing him out to, them out to the wilderness and, and they're just like, why have you brought us out here? Just so we can die? We've got no water. And so God instructed Moses. He said to Moses, speak to the rock and water will come out. Except Moses retaliated from these people accusing him and these people uh, getting angry with him. He retaliated and instead of speaking to the rock, he struck the rock twice with his staff. Now the miracles still happened. Water still came out. Water still came out, but God said, because of what you did, you will not take the people into the promised land. You know, the Bible doesn't actually say how Moses responded to that, but I expect he would have been devastated. That was the calling on his life. He was to take the people into the promised land. I expect he must have gone over and over in his mind thinking, why did I get so angry? Why did I retaliate like that? Why did I let these people get in my head that I was so angry that I did that? You know, he probably just, you know, he probably was ashamed of his actions and what he did that day. And the consequence was huge. He did not get to take the people into the promised land. That is massive. Yet that did not stop his legacy. You know, Moses got up the next day and he continued to be obedient. He continued to be faithful to God regardless. He had victory over kings, many kings. He rescued the Israelites when they were being poisoned by venomous snakes. He rescued them. And so he still made a statement. He still had a legacy to leave. His past did not determine his legacy, which is good news for all of us, right? Because nobody lives a perfect life, right? (laughs) Certainly not me. I'm the first to put up my hand in Jesus' name. But this is what they said about Moses when he died. Do you want to hear it? Yeah? All right. Deuteronomy chapter 34. Since then, no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses. That's a huge statement. Despite his shameful moment, despite the fact that he didn't get to take the people into the promised land, the Bible says... Since then, no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face, an intimate relationship, who did all those signs and wonders the Lord sent him to do in Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all his officials and to his whole land. For no one has ever shown the mighty power or performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of all of Israel. What a legacy. The Bible still said that about him regardless of his shameful moment despite not always getting it right. And you know, it's interesting to note as well that it was Moses along with Elijah, uh, when Jesus had his transfiguration, it was Moses that was there with Elijah. How cool is that? You know, King David, if you think about King David, his legacy is that he had a heart after after God's own heart. He was a man, sorry, after God's own heart. That was his legacy. You know, he was a mighty warrior. He was King David. Yet we know, or some of us do, and if you don't, he had a shameful moment. He slept with another man's wife and then he got that man murdered. That's massive. That's huge. But it didn't determine the legacy that David got to leave. He still left a legacy. He, re- he repented. God came to him and ch- And that's the thing, repentance, isn't it? God came to him. Uh, through Nathan I think it was the prophet Nathan and said you did this and then he repented but he continued on in faithfulness and obedience to God uh, from there on not perfect because nobody ever is but we still get to leave a legacy amen we can all get up every single day 
despite our past and be faithful with what God has given us today because his mercies are afresh every single day. How awesome is that? That's not an opportunity just to do what we want and just go out sinning our little heads off. But that's walking in grace. That's being empowered. That's not being kept in bondage. That's like today is a new day. This may have happened, but I get to be faithful and obedient to God today in Jesus' name. You know, my grandmother was faithful to pray every single day. You know, I wonder where my life would be if she wasn't praying for me every day. I expect my mum was probably praying too, but I, I specifically asked her. She was faithful to do that. You know, Peter denied Jesus three times before the servant girl. If you know that story, Peter was a disciple of Jesus and the servant girl questioned him and he said, no, I don't know him. No, I'm not with him. And he denied him three times. And the scriptures say, if you read the scripture, it says he lost control of himself and began to cry. He had a shameful moment. He would have been so full of guilt and shame. Yet through the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ, Peter was redeemed, wasn't he? Uh, After Jesus rose from the dead, he went out and he found Peter. Peter was out in the boat fishing. He probably just went back to what he would normally do. So he's out in the boat fishing and Jesus extended mercy and grace to Peter and Peter was reinstated. And you know, it was Peter that went on. Peter was the guy in the book of Acts, if you read it, he was the one that preached boldly to an unbelieving crowd. He got up and he preached boldly and he witnessed and he spread the good news. If you read one, two, three, uh, the first three chapters of Acts, it was Peter that was preaching boldly the good news. 3,000 got saved on that first day and baptised through uh, through Peter's uh, preaching. So he went around and he told people, basically, this is what he did. He went around and and told people about Jesus. He spread the good news. He he just explained to them what he had seen, what he had witnessed. He shared that and that's what he did. You know, legacy is telling the generations about the mighty things that God has done. That's legacy. Telling the generations about... That's easy to do, right? Telling the generations about the mighty things that God has done. Psalm 78.4 says this, We will not hide them from their descendants. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power and the wonders he has done. Psalm 145, Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. It's simply telling the next generation how good God is, what he has done. He did this in my life. When the Israelites crossed the Jordan River into the Promised Land, uh, God cut the river off so that they could cross, basically. The same that what God did with the Red Sea, he did with the Jordan River. And so when they arrived on the other side of the Jordan River, so God cut off the water, they were able to come across. When they got to the other side, instead of launching straight into conquering the land, God said, stop. He said, stop. Go back to the middle of the Jordan River and collect 12 stones. And in my mind, I'm thinking little stones, but we're talking like boulders. You know, the Bible calls them stones, but they're big, massive rocks. And, and so one man from every tribe, so 12 stones. So we're thinking they had to put them up on their shoulders. And, and he said, and build a memorial. That's what he told them to do. He made them stop before they launched into to conquering the land to stop and to build a memorial. 
Why did God get them to do that? It tells us in Joshua chapter 4, verse 6, it says this, In the future, when your children ask you what do these stones mean, tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. It was to tell the next generation to remind them about the good things that God has done so that they would never forget. The miracles that took place to be passed down through the generations. You know, sometimes we have uh, significant moments uh, in our lives where God has performed mighty miracles. Salvation, that's a mighty miracle. Healing from depression, that's a mighty miracle. Set free from drug addiction, alcoholism, that's a mighty miracle. Restoration within a marriage, That's a miracle because who knows how hard marriage is at times. My hand's still up. (laughs) Financial breakthrough. Who knows when you get a breakthrough financially because who knows it can be a struggle and it can make your life hell uh, when you don't have much finances or you've got a lot of debt hanging over your head. That hurts. That's a miracle when God does something in your finances. Reconciliation within a family. You think you'd never be reconciled to that family member and God moves powerfully and you're reconciled because he can do that because he's a God of reconciliation. He's a God of restoration. That's a miracle. So God does significant miracles in our lives and when he performs these miracles, we're meant to tell the next generation. We're not meant to keep it to ourselves. It's not a secret. He does it not just for us, but so we can tell others. We can tell our kids and they can tell their kids and it flows down through the generations. You know, when you've been set free from depression and you have a long line of mental health issues that run in the family, a line is drawn in the sand and it's a bloodline of Jesus Christ and you can say and you can declare that this stops here and it goes no further. That's what you can say. If you have a history of broken families, and boy, do we see it today, don't we? Yeah. Every, it's almost as if there's more families that are broken and busted up than together. But if you have a history of broken families that runs through the generations and you fight for your marriage and God heals your marriage, a bloodline can be drawn in the sand, the bloodline of Jesus Christ, and you can say this stops here and goes no further. When you have alcoholism that runs in the family, drug addiction that runs in the family, and God heals you and sets you free, a bloodline is drawn in the the sand, the bloodline of Jesus Christ, and you can declare that this stops here and goes no further. Pornography, same thing, runs through the generations, runs through the families, and it's everywhere. And it's more and more accessible these days. But if God heals you and sets you free from that, It stops here and it goes no further. A bloodline has been drawn, the blood of Jesus Christ, and we declare it in Jesus' name. You know, the Israelites crossed over into the promised land, but they had to conquer the land. They had to fight for the land. They had to drive out their enemies. And sometimes it's a fight for freedom. It's a fight for legacy. It's a declaration. It's a stake in the ground. It's building a memorial in a sense and saying, just like the Lord cut off the flow of the Jordan River, he's cut this off my life today in Jesus' name. Because of the blood of Jesus Christ, that is legacy. 
And just as the Israelites were instructed to tell their children, so should we. You know, Jacob shared with me, and I checked if it was okay that I could share this, but uh, his, um, when his father was on his deathbed, uh, he shared with Jacob that when he was younger, he struggled uh, with a drug addiction. He was addicted to drugs. And he told Jacob that God healed him and set him free. And Jacob was a little bit annoyed because Jacob uh, had a drug addiction for many, many years. And he said, that could have helped me. I thought there was no hope. If only I had have known that that's what my dad struggled with way back then and that God healed him and set him free, maybe that could have helped me. Maybe I could have been set free a whole lot sooner. So, you know, and maybe he was afraid or he was ashamed or afraid of being judged. But the Bible says that we're not to be afraid or ashamed of our testimony, right? In Revelation, uh, what does it say? It says they triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Amen. So don't be afraid to share about the good news that God has done in your life. Don't be ashamed about the issues that you've struggled with. But hey, God's healed me and he's set me free. And share about the mighty acts that he has done in your life. You know... Just through your obedience to God, ob- obedience to God, through your obedience to God, what am I trying to say? Forget about my notes. <laughs> through your obedience to God and, and faithfulness to God, you can set your kids and grandkids up for success. That's what I'm trying to say. And just as much as, just as, much as bad stuff can run through the generations... As you're, you're obedient and faithful to God, so can favour and blessings run through the generations. How, how awesome is that? And, you know, when, when we have bad stuff, that stuff I was talking about, uh, you know, alcoholism, drug addiction and pornography and all that stuff, really that's because of generations not walking with God. You know, and I'm not talking about perfectly. And, again, I'm the first to put my hand up. But that's just people saying, hey, I, I don't need God. I can do this by myself. That's people walking in rebellion and, and saying, uh, you know, it, it's, it's not his way, it's going to be my way. That's how we get all that stuff through the generations. But if you flip that and, and to the best of what you can, you know, through God's grace and mercy, be obedient and faithful to him, then you can get blessings and favour running through the generations, through you down to other people. Exodus 25 to 6 says, You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You know, when you put uh, your trust in Jesus Christ, a bloodline is drawn, as we were talking about, and the curse is broken. But we have a responsibility to live a certain way. There's no two ways about that. We have a responsibility to live a certain way. You know, I expect my kids to walk in blessing and favour through our obedience and faithfulness to God. Not perfect, but I expect that to happen. And you know, it's not just for biological children either. It's not just for your biological children. It's for those that God has placed in your sphere of influence. You know, so it's your spiritual kids, if you like, or, or people that God has brought near you to minister to, you know, that blessing and favour will flow onto those that God has called you to make a difference in the lives of other people. You know, when you're connected to a home church, when you're connected in, when you're planted, when you're building relationships, 
the, the blessings and favour of the church flow out into your lives too. That's why we encourage people, get planted, get connected, build relationship because you catch that blessing and that favour. It's so much more than just us. And, you know, and, and we have the generations to reach out to, don't we? That's a responsibility. You guys can come up now. That's a responsibility that we have to tell of God's mighty acts to spread the good news. Legacy is faithfulness. Legacy is faithfulness. And it is my hope and prayer that we are faithful as a church. You know, through this, this building faith pledge, you know, it's, it's, not, just if, it's not just about the building. If, if we're not telling people, telling the generations about the good things that God has done, then it's just a building, but it's not. Yeah. It's so much more. <laughs> As we work towards this building, it's going to be a home base for us to reach out to others. Yeah. That's what it is. That's legacy. You know, to be able to, for us as a church, to be able to pass on a building to the next generation so that they don't have to start at the start, that's awesome. That's building God's kingdom and we all get to be a part of that. Last week, $32,015 was pledged and we're not a huge church, are we? Take a look around. We're not massive. That's a miracle. That's awesome. By this time next year, based just on that, we're at 100 grand. So that's 100 grand off our goal, but we're certainly on our way. And we're saying by the 1st of November 2022, we'll have that by the grace of God. Why? Because it makes us feel good? No. So our church can have lots of assets? No. It's about the generations. It's about legacy. It's about having a home base and being planted in a community so that we can reach out to share the gospel. Amen? Fantastic. You know, I spoke earlier about uh, drawing a line in the sand. You know, the bloodline of Jesus Christ, where you have stuff that flows down through the generations. And today, this morning, if you have that stuff depression, mental health, alcoholism, drug addiction, whatever else that you want to put there that you can see has affected your parents and their parents and the parents before that and you can see it flowing down and you want to put a stop to it today. You want to declare that today is the day that it stops here and goes no further. You're going to put a stake in the ground and say no more. You get to do that because of the blood of Jesus Christ, but you have to make that commitment. You have to make that decision. And so this morning, as, as the team play, and they're an amazing team, we're going to make that declaration, or you are, if you want to. I can't make you do that. You get to choose. You know what it is that runs through the family. You don't have to tell anyone, but you talk to God about it. And today's the day that it stops and we move forward in the things of God. Because of our church, we've got so much more work to do. Not work as in, you know, sometimes there's work that's horrible and then you've got really cool, good work. I'm talking about the cool part, the fun part. We get to 
reach people with the message of Jesus Christ and I find that extremely exciting because I know what it's done in my life. And so you do business with God today as the team plays. I'll give, I'll give you a few moments. You can sit, you can stand, whatever you want to do. We can sing Oceans maybe if that's right. If, I don't know if that's a tune right now, but yeah. <laughs> we just thank you for who you are father god we thank you that you are the king of kings and the lord of lords and the prince of peace lord god we thank you that because of your blood because you shed your blood on a cross because of what you did that we can put a stake in the ground today that we can declare that these things that have run through the generations that they stop here and go no further and we just thank you for the blessings and favour that runs through the generations, Lord, and that, that it would flow through each and every single person here, Lord, onto the next generation. We thank you for legacy, Father God. We thank you that we can share about your mighty acts, Lord, and the things that you've done and the things that we've seen, Lord, with others. We pray for healing, Father God. We pray for strength. We thank you for your peace that surpasses all understanding. We pray for restoration and reconciliation, Lord God. And just while we're in this attitude of prayer, I just want to give uh, anybody here 
uh, this morning an opportunity. If you've not entered into a personal relationship, you may know God, but if you've not entered into a personal relationship with God, I want to give you that opportunity this morning. And so if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, it says you shall be saved. And that's good news this morning. And so if you, fl- uh, if you um, just say what I'm saying and just believe it in your heart. God, I thank you that you died on the cross to wash me clean, to set me free. I ask that you forgive me of my sins and I choose this day to live for you. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Fantastic. Thank you.